1: forget to head on over to our website at shamelesssex.com for more. And for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use coupon code SHAMELESSPP in all caps at purepleasureshop.com.
2: You are listening to a pleasure podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit
0: pleasurepodcasts.com. Hello, everyone. Meow, meow,
1: meow, meow, meow. You're speaking cat language. You have a puppy on your lap.
0: I know, but it sounds better than... Uh, woofing.
1: Did you ever know that you can meow to everything? Every song. If you never know the words, <laughs> you can meow.
0: <laughs> Now we do. Meow right. we do. Meow we do. Meow we do. It works.
1: Try it. I do all the time. So this episode, everyone, as you probably know from the title, is on affairs, infidelity, cheating with Dr. Tammy Nelson. No, it's not here to condone doing the affair, cheating, uh, all that, etc. And we're also not shaming people for it. We're bringing to light... Why it happens, what you can do if it does happen, you know, what the inspiration is, what is the new monogamy? What does monogamy even mean in this modern day world? So lots of really interesting information. If you've ever cheated, been cheated on, or if you ever plan on being in a relationship, probably good things to know.
0: Honestly, I feel that the stats for cheating is probably way higher. We talk about than it a what was bit. reported. Yeah. Right. And Obviously, you've cheated. You've been cheated on. I have cheated. Don't know if I've been cheated on. It's a it's a possibility. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what are you betting? Maybe there's
1: like an 80% chance that you have? I don't know. I've, not with your ex-husband.
0: I don't think my ex-husband... I don't think my fir- that first long-term boyfriend I had either. Oh, I have been cheated on. Duh. The guy that I lost my virginity or... I don't want to say um, you lost. My it. lost. It's gone. It's Where gone. do you, it's, I lost? I can't find it. He has my V card. Uh, that guy did cheat on me, so I I actually beg to differ from my statement in the, on the recording oh, of the she show. She's been cheated on now. I have been. I remember. Uh-huh. I just try to block that out. Apparently, it
1: didn't affect you that, or maybe it did, but no,
0: it did. He gave it me did. many gifts I keep on giving. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Fuck that guy. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um,
1: I remember you telling me stories about. I've never met him, and I was like. I want to kill you. Yeah, him. I know. We've got very protective over you, my little chick. Oh,
0: for sure. Um so very interesting. Episode this is though. this is actually one of those episodes where I know we'll get some reactions out of folks because even when mm-hmm. on our Instagram when we did that contest on our Instagram account with the um outing, some of our most shameful slash our yeah. um
1: having women or female identified. Female folks. identified,
0: yeah. yes. Uh Uh, I said on my sign that I had cheated Uh and it it raised some some eyebrows. Mm -hmm. And I feel like this episode, it goes deeper into affairs and cheating in a way that is constructive and helpful and it can uh, help you repair and Mm -hmm. also kind of uh, look at it maybe from a different angle Mm -hmm. and redefine some. Of your ways that perhaps you're stuck in your relationship.
1: Yeah, she's, it's again, not, she's not saying, oh yeah, go ahead and cheat. She clearly says cheating is wrong, but it's not cheating that's wrong. She's saying, that and we don't we don't like to say that anything's wrong but she says that but she's speaking to the dishonesty part she's yeah. like it's not about cheating no it's about dishonesty it's about breaking contracts in our that our bodies actually know when we go against something and we're we're out of integrity we can feel it in our bodies and a lot of people are still choosing it and overriding it and here's why and here's what you can do to make different choices or to repair if it does happen so very insightful we will get there soon we'll be reading you a bio stay tuned um, okay, so April Ooh. and I—I've shared this on past episodes, but now April has also had her own yoni volva mapping session. I did. How I,
0: was that? Which is so, it's so—it's so funny. Did you laugh like ha ha? Because well, Dolly, who had been has been on our show, uh, she really did an incredible job of helping me feel comfortable Mm. and really tuned in. And I was a little nervous, I have to tell you. We have a stranger touching your yoni. Right. Uh Uh, But the good news is that it's a therapy session. So she really went in and everything is consented before there's... Everything's talked about before and during. Mm-hmm. It's not like, oh, all of a sudden she's touching my clitoris. You oh know? yeah, she w-
1: she's yeah she, she I, she's very careful to yeah. get consent for everything to do a lot of touch and grounding all over the body before even going near the yoni. It, it doesn't go near the yoni until she has permission. No,
0: she and she kind of touches you your body first, like just kind of like a massage before you're getting a massage. I loved you and I comparing our notes though. <laughs> They're after. so different. Yeah. Oh my god. So Amy and I discovered that our body. Are pretty much opposite, uh-huh. our, our, especially our our genitals. And um, I am designed. She said, "She's like you're DTF, aren't you?" <laughs> and I was like, "And I was like, I am. I'm always down to fuck." She's like, "Your anatomy says so. Uh, the way that my urethra is placed, it's up inside of my, um, like, right inside my vaginal canal. I can't remember the name of the actual opening part." Um, And that is really close to where uh, my G crest is. Mm -hmm. And then my perineum is super tiny, which is why I like anal slash penetration while um, I have hands on the vulva. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that helps tap my G spot from behind because of the way my anatomy is. Mm -hmm. Um, And she also noticed that I was probably able to ejaculate which mm-hmm. is true yeah unless you listen to the podcast <laughs> she's spy on you <laughs> or she's psychic anyway i learned so much and you know in in retrospect going back and talking to this to folks uh openly after the session i had a lot of questions come up from friends that were very curious and also almost in a way that were like why do you need that were you were you raped Someone asked me, and I was oh, like, "They outright know, asked you that? They asked me that because uh, they were confused as to what purpose that would serve. Uh-huh. Um, and so I kind of explained. It's it's definitely for trauma and And learning. Yeah. yeah, and I said it's definitely for like childbirth could be trauma. Yeah, uh, she's a mom, you know. Okay. And I was like, you your your bits change after. After a lot of things, with age too, mm-hmm. maybe you fell on a bicycle seat when you were seven. I don't yeah. know. I tore my labia. Um, so I learned a lot about that. And and she used the castor oil, yes. uh, which was really cool because um, she massaged a, a bit of that traumatic- The
1: tissue that had the been tissue, torn. And there uh-huh. was
0: an actual um, ball that was released because mm. she just rubbed and, and spent time and energy and kind of rubbed that. And it never- I never, I I was avoidant of that area. i never tapped into that area. That was really, really liberating and and released something in me. And I felt so great afterward and I felt more in tune. And she also gave some great tips on um, some of the things that you can do to, what what does she say? The reparations in oh, healing. Oh, it's um,
1: the oh my god. There's a specific word for remediation. Remediation.
0: Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, I was thinking reparations. However, Some, it's similar. a remedy yeah. for <laughs> you. Yeah. Remedy for your yoni.
1: Yeah. And, and this isn't just yoni too. This this happens for they do. She does. Anal, anal mapping, mapping. They do. Penis mapping. Penis mapping. Uh-huh. Right. All yeah.
0: And then you've uh you also had this a session like a couple hours before me. I yeah I had one with her and, and then I've been doing
1: sessions also in the Bay Area because Dolly's down in L.A. So if you want to learn more, if you live down in L.A., San Diego area and you want to do sessions with Dolly, go to PleasureMuse.com or you can look up our recent episode on Evolve Mapping and learn more about Dolly. Um, And she also does online sessions, although you don't get the hands on part. And this is all this is sexological body work. This is legal. This is not erotic massage. This is not someone diddling you till you have an orgasm. This is for learning and healing. And for me. Dolly said, because she looked at your bits and she's like, oh, you're, you're DTF, you're down to fuck, yeah. right? For me, she looked at mine she's like, wow, your clitoris is like its own little world. <laughs> and and because my, my clitoris is is uh higher is is high. it's not like super close to i mean it's it's not far away either to the labia i like my pussy i think my pussy's beautiful my clitoris is a little bit higher and has a big hood around it and it's very shy to come out like there's a big hood around it so oh. for it, for the head to just kind of pop out I usually have to pull the hood back. I think if I was uh, born with a penis, I'd probably have a lot of a big foreskin or something. Oh Maybe. yeah, I'm not mine's sure. just twinkling out. Mine's not twinkling <laughs> out. Mine comes out, but it takes a long time. It's like a little snake. They need to charm for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> you got to charm that snake. <laughs> and and so what she noticed for me, I have a Bartholin's gland cyst, and the Bartholin glands. I've had this since I was twenty five. They're um, the glands are internal, but you can kind of feel this bulb on each side. If you have a cyst, that are responsible for that very silky velvet. Velvety vaginal fluid that you get when you're yeah. aroused. I have been getting cysts, and sometimes they've turned into abscesses on both sides. Absi? I don't know. I say abscesses. Abscess. <laughs> no, I don't. I think mean um, abscesses, and that have been an issue. But one of them has always been blocked and is, has fluid, in it and it has been for years. And so I don't really get a lot of that velvety fluid anymore. So she did the castor oil and spent a lot of time externally rubbing the cyst and felt it actually go down. And then went internally, too, on the other side of the cyst and was using the oil massaging it. Um, and she even said that there was this, this tissue. Like, and when she was touching certain spots, because she's using the clock system, she was touching certain spots. She felt there was, like, this ropey texture there. At and 9 it, o'clock? Mine is at five o'clock and seven o'clock. So if the bottom is six and the top is twelve. Right. The some, at
0: seven o'clock. I had some things.
1: And there's some burning sensation there. And oh, it, yeah. and there was this ropey texture. So she was using the castor oil to massage it. By the way, everyone, she so castor oil is something you can buy at health food stores or online. It has anti-inflammatory purposes. So or um, it, it is anti-inflammatory. So it's really good for this kind of massage because it can pull out the inflammation. Um, but it's they say don't use it out of the lubricant, it gets really sticky. So this is for your own practice or if you go and have work with a sexological it's body very worker. Thick it's thick, too. It's thick, it's thick yeah.
0: so it's not necessarily the best for, for sex. And no. you know the best lube.
1: The best lube for sex is... Uberlube, as you all have heard us say before, so not castor oil. Uberlube, unlike castor oil, where castor oil gets sticky, Uberlube does not get sticky. It's long-lasting. It's very velvety and silky, almost powdery, but it's liquid. It has no flavor. It has no scent. It's super body-friendly. I think Uberlube has in the U.S. alone like over 500 doctors and gynecologists on board that are recommending it because people are having less reactions from that than with other lubricants that can cause rashes and things. Uh, so it is incredible and it's good for all types of sex, no matter what you're doing—vaginal, anal, oral—we absolutely love it. And another distinction between UberLube and other lubricants is you actually want it all over your body. I put it on my cuticles and they're dry. I put it in my hair to make my hair shiny. We do lots and of things. And it's
0: packaged in a pretty little bottle, and that's beautiful. And I'm all about aesthetics, so and, yeah. if you like pretty things, go check you'll out. Love UberLube. So go to UberLube.com. You can use coupon code Shameless
1: Sex in all caps, and you also get free shipping and 10% off. Um, um, but I, one other thing I want to say hmm. about these sessions. so oh, yeah. Because I'm on a mission, everyone. I'm single now. I am a single woman and part of my singleness is I'm on a mission to reclaim my sexuality. Because if you listen to regular episodes, you've heard that it's been kind of turned down or turned low. If my sexuality and my drive and my connection to my body is a dimmer switch, it's been on low. It will go up to medium. Sometimes it will go back to low. And it's been that way since I had an abortion and I got pregnant with the IUD and I had a big abandonment thing with my partner, blah, blah, blah. won't we'll go too deep into that. But I'm on a fucking mission. So I had a session with Dolly. I took her workshop, which she just taught at Pure Pleasure, where we do sex ed classes at Pure Pleasure Shop. Mm. Uh, and then I'm doing at least three sessions with River up here in the Bay Area. And so I am You've already had two with River? I've already had two with okay, River. Okay. So you have one
0: more. I we're cool. Building
1: it up with River in the first one. We didn't even get to an in internal stuff. It was all external. The second session that I just did with River, which is so interesting, it was three or four days after the session with Dolly, it was kind of just adding on to that. But I had this powerful experience with River where, again, we're kind of playing with the areas, not playing, but exploring the areas where there was pain, where is there pleasure. I kept feeling my G-spot just getting so engorged like I was going to squirt, (sighs) noticing that there is so much pleasure in me. But again, I have this big wall there because i'm in this story of pain uncomfortable i'm also learning that uh, i didn't know this um and this is why these experiences are great for learning i'm learning that when i'm penetrated and um, it doesn't feel good to me if i'm penetrated with a, the pressure being on the base of my vulva or my vaginal canal it feels good to me when it's on the the uh, the top wall like closer to the belly button oh. so right if you're gonna put a finger in me um you would put it in and kind of curl it up as opposed to press it down. And the same thing we go for dildos or penises, less emphasis on the downward part because that's where I have some discomfort. It's unknown why that's there. Note to
0: any cis men that are uh, really <laughs> Trying dating. to, to yeah. bang
1: me. <laughs> uh, and, and I also saw in this recent session, I saw how much sex, like I don't have compliant sex, I have but I've been tolerating a lot Mm -hmm. my whole fucking sex life and I've had a lot of great sex where I haven't been tolerating but I've had a ton of sex where I'm tolerating touch that doesn't feel great and I'm not saying anything because I either don't know what I want I don't want to be too much blah 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 all that stuff when it's painful I speak to it of course but I'm I'm also there's like different levels there's there's compliance sex where you're not speaking to what actually really does not feel good and is painful there's tolerating just what doesn't feel great but you're just dealing with it and then there's fucking great sex because you're speaking to it and literally following the thread of what feels good Mm -hmm. so I saw that and I committed to myself in this session with River I said I am not going to tolerate any touch that does not feel great anymore. I'm and I mm-hmm. and I, like, I, I felt my body fully committed to that. When I said that in the session, they had their finger inside curled up and in on my G spot. They're just holding that. They weren't even moving it. And I was following the thread of what my body wanted. So I was speaking to it. And I was like, just keep your finger there. All of a sudden I felt all this emotion comes up to my face and just start bawling, crying nice like i mean they let tears. it out That let was some it out serious holding my, holding hold around my in. g-spot wow it was so powerful that's powerful and i don't have the stories of what it's related to but i felt just such this release and i'm learning so much about my body and i have another session with them so everyone go and check out it sexological bodywork go check out also river you can go check out rivers website if you're in the bay area especially so anywhere in northern california go to river drosera that's D-R-O-S-E-R-A dot life. You can do in-person sessions with River. They also work online as well, but this has been life-changing for me and for April as well.
0: I have to do one last, or give, do. Give one last share that Dolly uh, shared with me. Uh BV hack. Oh, yeah. Wheatgrass shot in your Yoni will actually, if you do, I think she mentioned maybe a week's worth of just an ounce of wheatgrass. Uh, take a syringe and use that up in your Via Viage. And that will eliminate BV. And s- some, she was talking about um, a, I think it was some sort of natural homeopathic convention or something. And this woman had a yeast infection for two years that even.
1: Wouldn't go away. Yeah. yeah. That even Antibiotics th- and all of a
0: Nothing would help. And um, this particular person used wheatgrass and hasn't had a yeast infection in like five years. Wow. So FDA I, does
1: not recommend this, not approve no, this because endorsement. It's, it's only
0: <laughs> the cost of a wheatgrass shot. So they like money. If you don't know what wheatgrass is, if you're in an area of the country where um, you don't have access to like a fresh juice bar, uh, it does need to be fresh. So yeah. I think you might be able to take some, go chop down some grass outside. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, just Google maybe how you can get it because I, th- I think they'll ship it to you. It's not normal grass, everyone. No, It'll and go, then you can put it in like – Don't chop a- down some grass outside. <laughs> no, don't chop out grass. I was joking. Uh, but I think you can order it online, and then I, I believe, because it needs to be fresh, I believe you could like uh, – what's that magic bullet it? Oh, yeah. Then you're a little blender. Yeah, yeah. So and we're not endorsed by magic bullet either. No. <laughs> 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 but I mean, I feel like most people have those. <laughs> They're cheap. Anyway, I just wanted a life hack uh, like share that. with uh, folks because uh, I thought that was good. I like that. Yeah. We,
1: we grass in my pussy. All right. And, and then right. I
0: guess your cum is green for a couple days. Which really? I thought was so cool. I
1: bet. And you taste very fresh. You're like the Incredible Hulk. Yeah.
0: Or uh,
1: Slimer from Ghostbusters. <laughs> <laughs> Both very cool you all ready for a sex question? The sex question we really felt like we needed to answer because actually I'm not going to... No, I'm going to... Damn it. I just totally gave that away. It's fine. The person put please help in all caps in the subject. Now everyone's going to do that. Now. So- But we're going to answer this, because this actually goes, this correlates to what we just shared about the work with sexological body workers. This person is in Australia. I'm Mm -hmm. not giving away their name, but there are sexological body workers in Australia. So that's one thing I will say to this person, or anyone who can relate to this, who has had sexual trauma, um, who feels disconnected from their body. uh, So that goes hand in hand with what we just talked about. But Here's a sex question from anonymous uh, female-identified human. When I was 16, I was involved in an incident of sexual assault from my uncle. And although I feel okay about it now, I wonder how much of it had an effect on... How I am today. I've also had experiences of non-consensual touching and assault from people who I previously considered my friends. Since pretty much the beginning of my sex life with my current partner, I have noticed I am incredibly uncomfortable with sex and all things to do with it. If I'm drunk or have smoked a little bit of weed, then I have more luck in feeling sexy and having the desire to have sex, but otherwise I really struggle to feel turned on and desire these activities. We still have sex, though, and I find myself very stuck in my head, and sometimes it's good, but other times I'm just counting the seconds until it's over, which I'm just talking about that compliance acts. I've tried to discover myself, but nothing seems to help. As I'm getting older, I'm realizing how badly I just want to feel connected to my body and to experience wholesome, connected sex with my partner. So basically, my questions are, how can I get connected to myself again? How can I learn to relax and get connected with my partner? How can I orgasm? How can I work out what's causing, or if it's my past trauma, what that's causing my sexual disconnect?
0: Lots of questions Lots there. Lots of questions, yeah. But I think they're all kind of... Related, flowing into each other. They're all sort of related on some level. And we just
1: commented on a big piece so we won't go too deep into what we already shared, but the the body keeps the score. That's the name of a book, wonderful book, uh, meaning it holds trauma in it. This person has had sexual trauma and now they're having a hard time being connected to their bodies and in their heads and they're having, on top of that, your body's already experienced trauma where their body wasn't treated like it was worthy or valued in, in what it what, what it actually wanted and now they're having compliant sex with someone where they're still having sex with them and counting the minutes until it's over meaning they're still having touch and sex that is not what they want. They're still not listening to their body and that's probably, and I'm not saying this is your fault at all because that's what happens when you're either cultured to be a caretaker, a people pleaser or you have trauma that told you your body wasn't worthy and you continue to do do it. My first advice would be, other than what we talked about before, try to find someone to work with, a sexological body worker. But other, also, stop having compliant and tolerant sex. The minute you feel your body says, "Ouch!" or this doesn't feel good, or this is uncomfortable, or I'm getting a no, you honor that every single
0: time. It seems like this person is connecting a lot to their shame, and that's a lot of the the pieces. I, and I think that. Getting a shame ally like we've talked about before Mm -hmm. and... Uh, talking actually, to, talking to people about it through, yeah, get some therapy. The right people, Brene Brown, as well. Read uh, "Men, Women, and Worthiness." Mm-hmm. That's a great one to kind of get in tune with the, with the shame that you're feeling that you're that you're probably feeling. I just wanted to add that piece. Yeah. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I thought okay. that was a good segue into that. No, I think
1: that's really helpful. And you know, how can it? Yes, it's hard to g- connect to yourself when you have sexual trauma. Easier said than done. Oh, yeah. So this might not be work for you to do on your own. Again, that's why we recommend trying to work with someone. Um, but also with your partner, you have a partner here. Let them know that you're making this strong commitment to yourself to not tolerate or have compliant sex. And that that in that, you two need to have an agreement where you can feel safe enough to always speak to when something doesn't feel good, when you're wanting more of something, when you're wanting less of something. Because um, every time you have compliant sex, you're reminding your body that it's not worthy of what it really wants. So that's one thing. Another thing is um, sex When you had that trauma, sex became not yours or for you. That's what happens with trauma. So reclaim sex as yours, easier said than done. Also, by making that powerful commitment, and maybe, honestly, this is going to be like pretty radical, but I've thought about this for myself on this journey, maybe committing not to have penetrative sex for a while mm-hmm. and only commit to having very slow consensual touch that is is kind of what we did with in sexological body work sessions with people where your partner's touching you or you're touching yourself slowly and constantly checking in and only getting consent before putting a hand on the vulva, before putting a finger inside, moving slowly and, and checking in with yourself. And making sex yours again through that practice and then working your way up to maybe making penetrative sex yours, which it's a powerful choice and it's hard. A lot of partners have might have a hard right. time with that. But, but really, maybe they will be supportive in this case. Well, at the end, at the end result, they're gonna get a lot out of it. Yeah. Everyone will win, but sex is not yours right now. And there's something in here where you need to reclaim it as yours, or you don't need to, but it sounds like you want to. Yeah. And part of that is kind of like what Tammy Nelson says in this podcast that we just did. Rewriting the contract and Tammy's talking about relationships so maybe you need to rewrite the contract with yourself about what sex is. Is sex for me and what does that mean? How do I make sex for me and what does that look like because I'm in a partnership? How does that show up here? And so that all relates to this other thing. How do I relax and stay connected to my your my body? Experiential touch and discovery without and no, penetration. And no, and no pressure.
0: And no pressure where it's it's journey-based, uh-huh. not destination-oriented. Yeah. Right? Yeah, totally. It's about the journey and discovery. And you know what? It's going to bring you and your partner that much closer. It's probably going to increase your intimacy, which is beautiful in the process. Yeah. If they are tuned in to your journey... That's also going to maybe help them with theirs and uh, building this closeness that. You've never really probably experienced before this.
1: Yeah, yeah, and it's again, there are people out there that can support you. If you don't can't, can't find a sexological body worker, you can work with sex coaches, sex therapists. But I suggest if you have this, this, this is severe trauma. This person has. Don't try yeah. to do it all on your own. There have
0: to there must be sexological body works. There aren't. Workers there are in, in Australia, a, there are, oh, totally are.
1: Perfect. Check them out. Yeah. I, I if anyhow. you go to I think it's used sexologicalbodywork.org, but go look up sexological body work and you can find someone there. And then if If not, though, find a sex coach, find a therapist, find someone and really make a strong commitment to yourself to making sex for you and not having compliant or tolerant sex, only having touch that feels good. And when it doesn't, you stop
0: and to help you be guided through the journey of touch check out OMGS and it honestly is one of the best tools out there that isn't a book it's research based it's interactive it's online it's online so you can have it anywhere you are and your partner you can watch it you can watch it and you can use it for self discovery that's exciting it's going to give you additional tools that you probably not even known have existed before. I'm using it for myself during this, well, right now we're in May and we're doing this uh, 30-day May- Masturbation May. Masturbation challenge. And I've been using it to discover new parts of me, OMGS, be- from other people's experiences, not even knowing that I could do certain things. Swirling and yeah. n- not flicking, but I wanted to say kind edging. of- Edging. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, there's so many different ways to play. So, omgs.com backslash shameless will give you five dollars off, and it's so affordable. So, check it out.
1: Yep, it's been a life changer. And again, I know I understand it's hard when you're like, I don't even know what my body likes. What do I do? OMGS can give you some guidance, same as sexological body work. And I'm 34, and I'm still learning I'm what my body, oh, well, almost <laughs> 37,
0: and that's the thing. And uh, people, Always think I'm an expert of some sort. And I'm like, hell no, I'm learning. That's why just I'm in this, this field. I don't get this. Thing. I know. Like, what is
1: this body of mine? This thing. It's constantly changing. Yeah. What the fuck is this? So oh, it's it's I have complicated. A PhD
0: in masturbation, though. Do you? No. Oh, because you said sex it. with your bear when you were
1: a child. Oh, my bear. <laughs> Which I think I wish I masturbated as little <laughs> because I think <laughs> that it would make things a lot easier. Now <laughs> I would have a better understanding. I'm like, I you know, cause oh. you know, when you're younger, just like learning a new language. You when you learn when you're younger, it sticks. And then when you're older, it's a lot harder well, if it has a stick. It's like
0: An stick. This is why I'm so proud of Your my dog, instrument. for instance, because he's humping everything right now. And I'm like, You're my boy. That's <laughs> my <can>. boy. <laughs> yeah, you're not shaming. Yeah, no, that's I'm not cute. shaming him. I'm
1: like, you know. I'm shame. like, that's my boy. People do shame animals for humping. Oh my god. It, no. Our, our friend who I won't name, but they had a dog. <laughs> <The> dog's <laughs> name was Carl. I can say the dog's name. Oh yeah. And Carl would hump everyone that walked in the door and they would call it giving a hug. Oh, Carl's hugging you. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet. It's not consensual. Sorry. Carl, I'm shaming you. Um okay. So I'm about to read the bio to you all. Before I do that, we have one last thing to talk about. So I've been using this often. Uh, this has been a game changer for me. It's called Open Fit. We've talked about it before. So good. April and I are super busy people. Uh, we like to exercise and keep our bodies nice and healthy and strong. And sometimes I literally only have 10 or 15 minutes. And I'm really bad at motivating myself to be a badass in that 10 or 15 minutes. OpenFit has a app online that you can use and you can use it anywhere. They have workouts that are everywhere from 10 minutes to 20 minutes to half an hour. They have yoga. They have hit. It's H-I-T-T or H-I-I-T. You sweat like a boss. Unhit! Oh my it's god, so it so Kicks my ass. I'm more sore from that than other workouts. So, Open Fit has changed the way that we work out on Shameless Sex Podcast. And with code SS Podcast, you can join us on a fitness journey, personalized just for you. Again, use our code SS Podcast and start using Open Fit for a healthier journey, healthier life. So, right now they have a thirty day challenge, and our listeners get a special extended thirty day free membership. On OpenFit, where you can get fit and feel healthy and strong on your own motherfucking time. When you text SS Podcast, April's getting a phone call to 303030. That's 303030. She's smacking the phone now. <laughs> you will get full access to OpenFit and all the workouts and nutrition information. It's totally free, not the app, but all the nutrition and information on there. Again, just text SS Podcast to 303030. That's three zero three zero
0: last thing i'll add it's so much cheaper than a gym membership and just as effective
1: i forgot a three zero three oh, zero three zero
0: 30 zero three zero three 30 people <laughs> Thirty thirty thirty. 30. 30. feels wrong <laughs> all right anyways that's the
1: end of that let's uh bio time let's bio it's bio have you heard the term bio break it's also known as peeing all right <laughs> it's like I've, I've said that before and people to people who are not from california bio break yes you've never heard it either bio break it's very just it's, make this up no it's a californian i think it's like a west coast term like i'm gonna go take a bio break and it, so then you know like are you peeing are you pooping you just it's bio just i like
0: mean it. i drop something on the floor and then eat it and i'm like healthy mike O'Briom. all right that's close all right <laughs> talking about eating and pooping at the same time <laughs> All right, everyone. Let's
1: uh, dive into this bio on that note. Dr. Tammy Nelson, PhD, is an internationally acclaimed psychotherapist and TEDx speaker and the author of several books, including Getting the Sex You Want, The New Monogamy, and her latest book, When You're the One Who Cheats. She has been featured expert in New York Times, Washington Post, Wall Street Journal, CNN, Rolling Stone magazine, Time, and a source in Time magazine. She writes for Huffington Post, Thrive Global, Medium, and has a new podcast, The Trouble with Sex. Wow, I did not know she had a podcast. Did we talk to her about
0: that? I actually asked her. I was like, do you ever, do you ever listen to podcasts? Oh my God.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what a dummy. Oh, damn it. Dr. Tammy is a board certified sexologist, a certified sex therapist, and a certified relationship therapist, and she can be be found at DrTammyNelson.com that's D-R-T-A-M-M-Y Nelson dot com are you ready Chip? I'm ready meow here we go All right, everyone. As promised, it is episode time. This episode, you already heard the bio with Dr. Tammy Nelson, PhD. And this is a recommendation that we got via Wednesday Martin. If you've heard the episode that we did with Wednesday, uh, I think it's called Untrue. And her book is called Untrue. Uh, and it talks a lot about the science behind... Uh, monogamy and all the myths around it especially when it becomes to female sexuality Uh, and so we're super excited to have you on here tammy nelson thank you for coming on our show thanks so much for having me i'm excited can you tell our listeners, we always love opening with this question, because obviously there's probably a story that, about how you got to where you are today, why you're doing this particular work. How did you get to write the book, The New Monogamy? I know you have uh, other books too, um, when you're the one that cheats. How did you get on this path?
2: Well, you know, I've been a couples therapist probably, I don't know, longer than you guys have been alive, probably. <laughs> I don't know, so long, it feels like and i was a couples therapist before i was a sex therapist and what i found was that you know in all the trainings that i did and all the the uh degrees i got um nobody ever talked about sex which i thought was so fascinating you know because we're not working with people who are just roommates who are you know just living together or companions or whatever, we're talking about people who are drawn to each other for romantic and erotic reasons. But you know, pe- people who seek couples therapy sometimes aren't really looking to talk about sex initially. They might be coming in to talk about like who's going to take out the garbage and all the natural stuff that people fight about, all the conflicts. But really underneath, most people want to be more passionate, more alive, more connected. They want more depth. You know, so there's really two parts of a relationship. There's companionship and there's eroticism. And most people don't come to therapy to be better companions or to be better roommates. They want more aliveness. And so I became a sex therapist and I started training other therapists to be sex therapists. And then I realized that sometimes sex therapists don't do good couples therapy. And not everybody comes to sex therapy either just to work on sex. So sometimes they come to work on, um, uh, what I call sort of the trauma in their erotic lives. And the trauma is a lot of times betrayal and affairs and monogamy stuff. And so that's what a lot of what's going on in our culture today is trying to figure that out. Like, how do we do it? So, what is, can you tell
1: us what is the new monogamy then what does that mean I understand it's probably something about the diversity and how people uh, define their relationship and what monogamy is and cheating and infidelity but what but what is the kind of the premise of your book
2: well the new monogamy was really written to redefine your relationship after some kind of a betrayal but it also has this piece around creating new monogamy agreements and so it's really a way to create a relationship that works. Like I'm not a judge of anybody. However you want to do your relationship is fine. What I feel like is missing is a way to talk about your relationship agreement. So there's so much implicit assumptions around monogamy. Even now where so many people want open relationships or ethical non-monogamy or polyamory, there's assumptions even around that. Like what what it means to be um, cool and hip and what it means now to be traditional and maybe not so hip. And all those things are so implicit and so difficult to talk about. And I think there's some also assumptions around whether or not we are biologically meant to be monogamous and what that decision is supposed to look like. I think monogamy or your version of monogamy is not something you decide once. I think it's something you decide every day. You know, you don't just wake up and say, today I am monogamous or not monogamous. You wake up and say, how are we going to do this today? (laughs) How's this going to work out? Because it's hard. Relationships are hard. Mm -hmm. And I can tell you that the central piece of all of this is about telling the truth. That's the one thing across the board for everyone, for all relationships that keeps us all honest. Like that's true north for everyone is telling the truth because telling the truth is what intimacy is, right? Like that's the hardest part. That's what makes relationships so miserable (laughs) because intimacy is telling the truth. And And there's
0: no perfect relationship. I mean, come on. If if, when people are like, I have a perfect partner, we never fight, I am definitely, yeah, internalizing your lying or something's up. But,
2: uh, I think. Or they never talk.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And I, you know, there's this whole theory on relationships, which I thought was really beautiful that relationships are harmony, disharmony, and then, uh, uh, like reconciliation or reharmonizing, you know, it's never just uh, linear. It's it's very you know multi tiered with different facets, and people change from day to day, week to week, month to month. Uh, so I know, I mean, not to bring it to me, I did have an affair, and I know the reasons why I strayed from my partner when I was married, uh, and uh, I'm sure. It, for the listeners out there that have followed us for a long time, they, they know some of those reasons. Uh, what do you think, though, are some of the main reasons people do stray from their partners and have these, um, these affairs?
2: I think there's as many reasons that people cheat as there are people, but I think they fall into categories. You know, like, I think some people cheat for what I call uh, can-opener affairs. Like, they cheat to get out of their marriage. And sometimes they don't even know they're doing it until, like, Suddenly they realize, oh, I didn't even, <laughs> yeah, I didn't even know I wanted out. And then now it's sort of like a swing from branch to branch thing. It's a like a nonverbal way to realize that you want something different. Um, and some people cheat to stay in their marriage. You know, it's a way to to have everything that they need without ending a relationship where maybe they've invested or they have kids or it's a way to have everything they want without perhaps hurting their partner by ending it or hurting their partner by telling them or, you know, there's there's some integrity for some people in having an affair. Mm -hmm. And, you know, even for people that cheat the idea of telling the truth, sometimes they are telling the truth to their Affair partner. sometimes they're telling the truth just to themselves. Sometimes they're telling the truth to their married partner or their committed partner. You know, I think we judge a lot around affairs because uh, we have connected this idea of monogamy with morality. Mm -hmm. And that has been based on marriage that is a structure that we created 200 years ago when we lived to be like 38 and you know, back then you could live with anyone because by the time you got bored, you were dead, and so <laughs> <laughs> it was easy. I was over. <laughs> I like that. Yeah.
1: What um? So what, I that one of my questions was going to be, what do you say to the? Because you said you just linked it to this idea that it's related to morality. Um, and a lot of that to me seems like kind of related to the Bible and to some rules and laws that some men may have made about women's bodies and what, that, what marriage should be as a, a means of ownership. So to the folks, because I've heard a number of people, I've had uh, female friends say to me, they think cheating is wrong. I've also, I've. I've cheated before in my own justified way. Like, oh, it wasn't penetrative sex, so it's okay. We just made out. And my relationship wasn't doing well anyway, so blah, 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 you know, all my stuff. I know. So what would you say to the people that say cheating is wrong? Would, would you, what would you? How would your response be to them?
2: Well, of course cheating is wrong. <laughs> we, don't, we We know it when we do it. We're not saying, oh, yeah, this is the right thing to do. I mean, we might have justifications. We know when we cross that monogamy agreement you know, it doesn't happen by accident. We know when we do it that if we make a promise and then we break the promise that we shouldn't do it. But like you said, we also know that we made a promise and implicitly we assume that that our marriage would work well or that our relationship would go well or that we'd be happy. We have these implicit assumptions that I promise to love and honor you and be happy. And so when we're not happy, then we have an affair, then somehow feels like we're not necessarily um, breaking a rule because it's not that we're faithful to another person. It's that we're faithful to the agreement that we made. Mm -hmm. And so when we break the agreement, um, it feels different because it feels like it makes sense to us to justify our behavior. It's not, it's not okay to lie. Mm -hmm. You know, Cheating is based on dishonesty. And so the problem is not the cheating. The problem is not the sex. It's not about that. It's about the integrity that it brings up for everybody. Like all of us have a belief about ourselves and who we are as a person. No one wakes up in the morning and says, I can't wait to hurt my partner today. I mean, if they do, then that's a different podcast altogether. <laughs> and they should get help right away. Yeah. <laughs> A lot of times I think that people seek these
0: affairs because they're lacking attention in their relationship. It becomes almost a partnership when you have children involved or, uh, you know, your busy schedule. It becomes this managerial type of relationship where it's it's kind of logistics, right? Who's picking up the kids today? And uh, the attention is lacking. You're, you're having these inter- interesting conversations with perhaps the person that you're having an affair with. They're asking you questions about who you are. You're getting to know each other. And then uh, sex is a part of it. I mean, isn't is an affair just considered when there's penetrative sex? Or is it is it just kissing? Or is it... I mean, uh, I didn't have sex in my affair. I had other things. Uh, I still considered it an affair. And uh, is, is, is there a hierarchy to affairs? I mean, or is it just when you're out of integrity in your relationship and you're exchanging these these emotional... Um, energy shifts with another person, that's an affair. Just curious what you think.
2: Well, I think in an affair, it's we're not necessarily looking for someone else. We're looking to be someone else. Mm-hmm. And so depending on how how much you think you can't bring that part of you into your current relationship, then, then that part becomes disintegrated, becomes dismembered, becomes compartmentalized, it becomes hidden. And that part of you becomes a secret. And so it's that dishonesty then becomes a lie. It's not private. You know, there's a difference between privacy and secrecy. So when you feel like you have to lie to your partner about who you are outside of the relationship, then you're not living in integrity because integrity is the integration, the remembering, the, you know, that being able to open all those compartments and say, look, this is who I am. You know, I like this kind of sex. I want I want this kind of attention. You know, it takes four things to be in a relationship. Time, attention, affection, and sex. So like you said, sometimes you need more attention from someone else or more affection, or you do it for sex or regardless, we all sort of need different things. Like your partner might need more of this and you need a little more of that. And sometimes you might search for it outside the relationship, but even that's not the issue. The issue is, can you live in integrity with yourself and with your partner? And if you can't, that's the problem. Because that, that dishonesty is the thing that eats away at you.
0: Do you think affairs are more of a Western adventure for folks? Or is it more common? in the I, It's probably hard to gauge statistically. But from culture to culture, are affairs more common when there's this... Um, partnership that's not maybe arranged or where, um, there's, I don't know, like biblical terms when are getting married because they love each other. I don't know. What do you think? Culture to culture? Is it different?
2: People well, I mean, more- some people say, you know, they sort of generalize about different, um, you know, uh, Italians or French people, but nobody likes to be lied to. I mean, that's just reality. Like we all have our different ways of, uh, structuring, uh, relationships and marriage, but they're all based on how we view honesty. Like how honest do you want to be with your partner? And what does honesty look like? You know, I have some friends who are, uh, therapists in like South America, Venezuela, who say, Oh my God, you Americans are so honest with each other. Like, why would you Mm -hmm. ever tell, tell each other all this stuff in therapy? Like that's not good therapy. (laughs) (laughs) so they sort of have this opposite feeling that I do like I don't think you have to tell your partner everything but I think you have to decide in your agreement what are you going to tell each other and that's the important part I don't care what you tell each other but you should decide what you're going to tell each other so are you going to tell each other every time you masturbate in the shower or every time you have a new Instagram friend or every time you're hot for the guy in the in the check you know in the checkout line like I think you have to Agree on those things,
1: and so yeah. So it sounds like the kind of the the premise of your book, or what you're saying is is the new monogamy is that it's it's inviting people day by day to almost like rewrite the contract of their agreement, and that is different from relationship to relationship to person to person. There's not one way to do it, and and so you they that you get to define what that is. So maybe monogamy for some people is that they still get to go out and flirt with people and. And then maybe that changes a week later. Now that's not part of our arrangement. Is is that, that's kind of in an alignment. That's
2: that's exactly right. I think that monogamy is different for everybody now. Mm -hmm. So it's not, I don't even like the term non-monogamy because it's like, makes it sound negative. Like it's the opposite of something or that, that suddenly makes monogamy like a negative thing. And non-monogamy is a positive thing. And non-monogamy now is is too wide of a an option like what about
0: monogamish
2: (laughs) monogamish was created by dan savage to describe you know how gay men are having open sexual behaviors but emotionally monogamous i think you have to create your own definition of it if i could come up with a better word for it i totally would Mm -hmm. but i think that this whole idea (laughs) (laughs) monogamous i like that actually that's actually very clever
1: I'm monogamous. I can't say it. I'm monogamous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, well, and that well, comes, it was in alignment with our podcast, you know, Shameless Sex. The premise of our podcast really is inviting people to make their own rules. And we encounter so many folks who are stuck because they're living by society's standards of what they think they should be or where their partner standards. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it creates this internal dilemma and confusion because they think they're, they're broken or there's something wrong with them. And instead of really listening to, oh, I actually have different feelings than what is, the standard, and I'm also forgetting that things are constantly changing. And our idea of monogamy and relationship right now is entirely different here than it was 200, 300, 400, 500 years ago. But because it's what is here now, people seem to think that that is the absolute truth everywhere. And right. and I think to speaking to what you're saying about people, it's about the you know the dishonesty. I think I would imagine that if you go to other cultures. Where they have a different standard for monogamy uh like you know they the i don't know if this is true, but they say you know like the french it's you know you find out that your partner cheated on you it's not as big of a deal as they find out if a partner cheated on you in the u s generally speaking is what I have heard i'm sure that applies to plenty of other cultures too um because it's a because it's a social standard. And I don't know if that's true. That's true for the French, but I'm assuming that's... And I know that's, that is true, though. There are... I remember Wednesday Martin talking about different tribes um, and maybe she had learned this from you, actually. I'm not sure. Um, where it was completely normal for you to have sex with the other members of the tribe. And so there was no um, idea of this dishon... There was no room for dishonesty because it was the normal standard. But it's different. It's just... I think people forget that. That it's, it's all based on context and you know, time culture etc. What's up, shameless sex fam? Is your sex life important to you? Hmm. What about your relationships? And also Let me ask you this. Who can relate to this story? Things were once so good in the bedroom with my partner, and now it's a mess, and I don't know what to do. Where's my happily ever after? Yeah, where's my Yeah, yeah, what about me? Or how about so many aspects of my life are fantastic, but when it comes to sex and relationships, I feel so lost
0: yep been there uh me too mm-hmm. and this is why you all need shameless sex the, the book. book we give you simple simple solutions and a framework that you can use you can customize it to you yes you gives you the tools the right tools for your sex and relationship so you get what you desire. And it's fun. It's playful. Right, Amy? We're always. It's kind of sexy. And did I mention how easy we make it for you? You have to check out Shameless Sex. Plus the testimonials, they're coming in from everywhere. And this book has helped people just like you recreate and create the sex life of their dreams. So you can do it, too. Go to, where are they going, Amy? Shamelesssex.com. Oh, how easy is that? Just go to shamelesssex.com and click on the book, okay? And you can get it however you choose. If You, you want, want hardcover,
2: yeah. audio?
1: Yeah, hardcover. We got you hardly yeah.
2: covered. <laughs> well, and it's totally normal to have sex with other people in this country, in this monogamy agreement, in your relationship, if it's something that you talked about where going out for coffee with someone might feel like a total betrayal mm-hmm. because, you know, you can be in a polyamorous relationship and have 15 extra partners and you can all have sex in the same room and sex separately and on different nights. And I don't know how people do it with their calendars, to be honest. <laughs> that's the thing that freaks me out, but, um, cause time is my issue, but the, you know, the, the emotional connection to someone over a cup of coffee, if it's not negotiated, if it's not talked about, that's the problem. You know, so when people want open relationships, the open part starts with open conversations, being able to really openly talk about, well, I wanted that last week, but now I have a kid, so I'm you know, my my agreement, my understanding of what I need from you, what I want is different, and we have to be able to talk about that. No one really teaches you how to talk about that stuff. That's what you're doing right now. Yes. <laughs> it's my life's mission. Tell the truth. How do you do it? And I guess
0: for me, there there was no hope to save my uh, my marriage. I, I, I what, what you had mentioned about uh, having an affair to get out of your relationship, not even knowing that I was looking for that, that was the reason. And um, we tried to rebuild. Afterward, the trust was just so gone. I was constantly being punished, right? And it felt so just heavy and hard on me all the time that I couldn't move forward and try to repair what was so broken. Um Anyway, that's not my point or my question, because there was no question in there. My question for you is, for folks that do want to rebuild after an infidelity, and they want to kind of work on their relationship, is that possible, and how can folks do that?
2: Uh, You you know, I think more and more people want to stay together after an affair, unless it's a can opener, unless it's like a way to end a relationship. Um, I think that people... Don't want to get divorced like the last generation, our parents' generation, there was so much divorce and so much dishonesty. And I think there is a new wave of what I call, you know, the new wave of honesty, like new wave of disclosure, a new wave of transparency. You know, the commitment is based on how transparent you want to be around around your your technology. You know, do you want to give passwords? Do you want to share? you know, your social media Mm -hmm. and that's something new. Like we've never had to face that before. Mm -hmm. So that is really the first step is to decide um, what is the next wave of our monogamy? Because if you have an affair, frankly, your marriage is over. I mean, it's kind of like what we talked about before you knew you were cheating. And with all due respect to everyone that does it, I mean, I cheated. A lot of people have cheated, been cheated on. Um, the end of a commitment begins, um, the minute you step over that commitment. Mm -hmm. And so then you have to change the commitment. You can't go back to the way it was. If you go back, you're just going to end up where you were. Mm -hmm. And so if you want something different, it has to be different and you can't go back to, you know, what your parents monogamy was or your churches or your culture or your friend's or your therapist's definition. It has to be your own definition. So you have, there's three phases, you know, there's the crisis when everything falls apart and maybe it needs to, it's uh, an affair is very disruptive. And then there's the second phase, which is like the insight phase where you have to figure out, okay, how the hell did this happen to me, to us? This was our affair, this happened between us, like how did this happen? And then the third phase, which is what you're talking about, which is the vision, like how do we create something new? that we can both live with and maybe it'll be better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I So
1: I'm, and what I'm, when I'm gauging from what you're saying here too, is I heard this, you said this a little bit ago, maybe I'm backtracking, but you use the term open relationship and I'm understanding. Cause we haven't, I haven't actually read the new monogamy quite yet. So I, I will, I will be reading it, but I'm understanding that actually the term open relationship can apply to monogamy. Right, because the openness is that communication, so that I that makes sense. Like calling you know open relationships, people think it only applies to when you're having sex with other people or or something. But that you can that the truly open relationship is just about that transparency, that that honesty, and that continued conversation and negotiation, even within monogamy. Um, I I I absolutely love that. I have, uh, and then back to what you're saying. Um, I have a number of. Friends, oh, I mean, I've been through all. Have you ever been
0: cheated on before? No, not that I know of. <laughs> okay,
2: not that she knows of. Doesn't mean um, it hasn't happened, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah, All right. Well, maybe, maybe that's better for you. Um, yeah, I've, I, I, so I've, I've done some cheating. I've been cheated on. What was interesting for me when I, um, I had a partner that I found found it out two years later when we were together. They had cheated on me like three different times two years before that. They, they told me all of that and. And for me, it was so just old, and I just was able to pay attention to where we are now, and I and understand where we were then. To just be like, well, that that's shitty, and okay, yeah, like I, I understand, I can see where we are now. I can see where we've grown. I can see why you're finally being brave enough to be transparent, and that now we have a stronger commitment. And um, and I I I just I've gone through that that aspect of being able to see beyond the social constructs of like what the routes I could have gone. Oh, that's wrong. That's bad. Oh my God. Even though that was a century ago that, but really at that point, if I really checked in with how I felt, it wasn't personal and it wasn't, you know, this fresh thing that happened yesterday, there wasn't really much work we needed to do around it. Um, but I like, I really like what you're sharing about the three phases of so crisis insight vision. And I assume in maybe vision doesn't well no you get probably you get to go through all of them whether you choose to stay together or not I assume right
2: yeah and I don't think you can decide whether you're going to stay together until you get to the vision place because okay. don't decide when you're in a crisis mm-hmm. you know you can't decide if you're going to stay together or break up when you've just been hit by a car you know what I mean like you you know when you're in a crisis and you've been hurt and everything's falling apart and everything's been disrupted you really don't know if you're going to make it or you want to make it. So I always tell people, you know, you might get triggered and go back to the crisis. You got to go through that insight phase of figuring out how you got here and why before you decide if you want to stay together. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and monogamy is on a continuum. So for some people, you know, are you going to tell each other every time you uh, connect with someone on Facebook or someone just connected with me? Are you going to, <laughs> are you going to tell everyone in your family, what happened? Are you going to flirt with people on social media? Are you going to, you know, send sexy pictures of yourself to your ex? Like, what? what is monogamy on that end of the continuum all the way to what about your work spouse? You know, the person you're like emotionally connected with. Are you going to share all your personal stuff about your relationship with them? What if you spend more time with them? What if you really love and care about them and you're attracted to them, but you don't have sex with them? Like you guys both said, you know, was just the tip <laughs> you know I what i mean? Like,
1: get a tip, damn
2: <laughs> <laughs> i missed out on that tip <laughs> so i mean like what is really you know what constitutes cheating and then there's people all the way on the other end or like i said before in like open poly swinging relationships but even they have to define really closely what it means and they actually have a better uh research shows they have a a better way of communicating and less anxiety around all this stuff.
1: What I, we didn't ask this before. What, um, what, how common is, is cheating in affairs in the U S maybe you don't have the statistics, but, um, I guess to, cause I think a lot of people that either have been cheated on or have cheated. Um, I think they, I, I, I want to say my guess is that they think it's less common than it really is. Do you have an idea of what that looks
2: like? Um, yeah, they there's a lot of statistics right now. I mean, some people say 50% of all women will cheat at some point in their marriage. Some people say it's anywhere from 25 to 65% of men and women will cheat. It's The range is really wide because you can't trust what people say to the researchers mm-hmm. because infidelity is based on dishonesty. So people lie to the researchers. <laughs> you know, women still minimize their infidelity mm-hmm. and men brag about it. Mm hmm. Yeah, so that
1: scarlet letter.
2: Yeah. Women, you know, used to get burned at the stake for this stuff. I mean, there's still countries that can get killed for this. And men like to brag because that yeah. makes them sound good.
0: I think I, I did read something recently that uh, cheating for women is on the rise and social media has obviously had a huge a huge influence on people's ability to cheat. I mean, old lovers suddenly surface that you from Facebook that you haven't seen, but you knew that you were in love with them when you were 16, these kinds of things. And I think that, um, I I don't remember the percentage, but I, I believe that it was a double digit number that was significant for, especially for, um, women cheating. Uh, and, and also, you're right. It's probably because it's more um, talked about now, more freely. And back in the '50s, when you were a housewife, you didn't have access to a lot of other people besides maybe the, you know, parents the of post-man. the children, the, the
2: milkman. Hi. Right. Well, that's what that, that's where that came from. That you know, the yeah. Johnny looked like the postman because that is who they cheated with. <laughs> totally. That's all they had access to, or the gardener. You're like,
0: oh, uh, so I, I. I would love to see a legit statistic, but I bet it's nearly impossible because people are lying totally. So uh, something to consider. Um, You have another book though coming out. Is it already out? Oh yeah, that's out. Yeah, It's out um, and it's called When You're the One Who Cheats, Mm -hmm. which sounds really juicy and steamy. Can you talk a little bit about that uh, newest book?
2: Yeah, so When You're the One Who Cheats, I wrote because all the books that are out about infidelity are, are always about the person has been cheated on and sort of like a, this victim mentality of trying to recover from infidelity and I certainly have written that book too but this book is really geared towards again sort of figuring out what is the truth about people who are on the other side like why are people cheating and having helping them to figure out all right either you're cheating now or you are trying to get over your cheating or you're trying to get out of cheating or you're trying to figure out why you cheated or you want to get back with your partner or you want to decide if you want to stay with the person you're cheating with, or, you know, there's so many um, difficult emotional places in there. And um, I also did some really uh, interesting research with Ashley Madison for that book. Mm. (laughs) So it wasn't there,
1: Uh, wasn't that a whole thing with Ashley Madison where they had like a whole bunch of fake profiles on there and there was like a whole scandal around it?
2: Yeah. So what they did was they shut everything down. They switched management. They got um, a whole company to come in and uh, go through all their uh, members and to guarantee that everyone was real. And, you know, you would think that that would have shut the whole thing down. You would have think that for any business that said they were hacked and all of their members were sort of blown wide open and their business is bigger than ever. They have 60 million people signed up worldwide for that website.
0: That's because any press is good press, right? (laughs) Apparently. Any press is good press.
2: (laughs) And so now they have, and the interesting thing about them is that they have just as many men as women now on their site. Uh And just as many women signing up. And so they are a wealth of opportunity if you want to do research for, you know, who's cheating and why. And so they um, they asked me if I would do some consulting for them around infidelity. And, you know, like they asked me, you know, why are people cheating? And what are you seeing? And what do you see in your practice? And what happens with these couples? And so we started this conversation. And I, I said, you know, if I'm going to write this book, is everything okay? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I said, Excited. if I'm going to... If I'm going to write this book, I asked them if they would give me a profile, one as a man and one as a woman. And so I went on as if I was looking for an affair, but I didn't have um, the capacity to contact anyone or talk to anyone. And I I didn't put up a picture or any descriptions of me. I just wanted to see what would happen. And when I was a woman, all the men that contacted me looking for an affair, they were all looking for a relationship. They weren't going to leave their wives, but they all wanted an emotional connection. They wanted to talk every day on text. They, didn't, they weren't interested in casual sex at all. Wow. And the women, when I was a guy, the women that contacted me, they were totally into sex. <laughs> That's all they wanted. They wanted like Fifty Shades of Grey sex. They just wanted to have sex after they put the kids on the bus. They didn't want to hear my problems. They all said, "You have a wife for that. Don't tell me your don't tell me your problems with your job. I don't want to hear you complain." They were like, "Don't waste my time." Oh, so that's
0: fascinating. Yeah. Fascinating. Yeah, I'm shocked.
2: I, I would have never thought
0: that sounds like a
1: fun research project really too. Not. But yeah, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess yeah, that I guess that makes sense. I would imagine especially if you're dealing with talking to, you know, women who are the caretakers and the mothers and playing all those roles. And they're like, I don't want to take on those roles. I just want some sex. I just want some good loving. And then, you know, you have maybe um, if men who are, if they're living in a life where they have more like, you know, traditional societal roles there that they're, um, you know, being the the provider and feeling disconnected from their partner who is the mother, who's always busy. I mean, it's all seems
0: related what can we learn from that though that's like where people really need to look inward and pay attention to their relationships and nurture those or get your needs met
1: elsewhere if it's part
0: of your agreement you know make an agreement it's part of your agreement yeah making it
1: make agreements to get, get needs met elsewhere instead of just doing it on the side and I don't want to shame people who are are having affairs. I also don't, and I'm not, not condoning either. Like, Hey, everyone go have an affair. I just like to open up the idea that we don't have to live in the shadows if we don't want to, it can eat people up inside. Right.
2: And
0: I I do have, I I was just thinking while we were um, talking about this, Ashley Madison conversation. I mean, I have probably three or four girlfriends that I can think of right now that are in relationships with married men at least. And I don't know. I've never asked for the details, but I do know that most of them are. And I don't know if all of them are completely transparent with their wives about it. Uh, that's why go ahead and have an affair. Just make your own rules. Talk about it with your spouse. And if it's something that you absolutely can't, then I guess, uh, I don't know. What What advice do you give to those people that are unhappy, don't feel like there's a way out, and are having an affair or want to have an affair, is is your advice, get out of the relationship, talk to them about it, or yeah, pursue it and see what happens. Hopefully it doesn't blow up in your face.
2: <laughs> well, first of all, I would caution women um, because a lot of times it does blow up in their face and sometimes it gets violent. So I just want to be careful that if I, you know women are listening, that they're not in a situation where they're going to get hurt. Um, but I think that also, if you're going to have an affair or if you're in, a, in an affair you have to decide number one, should you, or should you not tell your partner? And that really is determined by whether or not disclosing is for you or for them. You know, you don't want to make your partner, your, uh, your confessor because it makes you feel better. Mm. Uh, so you have to decide, you know, is honesty and self-disclosure really, because I just need to confess to someone cause I'm, I feel so guilty and now I'm going to feel better, but your partner's going to be traumatized for life. Um, or is telling a, a way to be transparent and honest because it's time to, you know, move the relationship to a different level, and you can't really move on unless that really happens. So that might be something you need to decide with a therapist. It's, sometimes it's hard to make that decision on your own. Mm-hmm. And uh, but number two, before you have an affair, you got to really think about, you know, am I looking for someone else or looking to be someone else, and. Can you be that person in your marriage? If you can't, are you blaming your partner for that? If it's kind of like saying, "Oh, my wife is not into that. She never let me do that. She doesn't like that kind of sex." And like, are you sure? <laughs> like, have you asked her? You know, sometimes we we get so shut down and we we lack curiosity about our partner. We we go, "Oh, I totally know who they are." Well, maybe you don't, mm-hmm, yeah. and that's when we stop falling in love with them. You know. Yeah. That passion goes away because we think we know someone, we put them in a box. You know, that's how we fall in love. We become curious, like, who are you? I'm so interested in you. Aren't you intriguing? And that's how affairs start. Mm -hmm. Um, But maybe going back to your partner, you know, I wrote this other book, Getting the Sex You Want, before the new monogamy. It's all about, like, going to your partner and asking them, tell me about your fantasies. Tell me what you're into. Let's have that conversation first and see if your partner can be your affair partner. Like, see if we can bring some of that energy, mm. that Eros energy into the relationship before it gets split off outside.
1: Is that when you play strangers and meet at a bar and pretend like you never met before? And like, I ac- I actually did this with my my ex-partner once. I mean, we didn't, it wasn't called playing strangers, but we... a
0: Russian spy. No, it was
1: not <laughs> a Russian spy, but we, were, we, we went out to dinner and just... Send, all right, let's pretend like we've never had a conversation with each other before and we're getting to know each other here. And And it was really uh, interesting. I didn't, wouldn't say that it made it like really sexy and all of a sudden we wanted to go home and fuck, our, fuck each other, but, but I mean, we I mean, we did, but it, it didn't heighten that. But I it did feed into that part of what's it like if we get really curious about who this person is today, even though I've known them for five years or whatever that is? Maybe, and what questions would I ask them? And, and then I, I like that, like, maybe I can pretend like, You know, we can pretend like we're dating and get inquisitive and we might discover that there's like a whole another being in there and all the stories I had in my head about who they are are very different than what's true. Um, This, okay, such insightful information. We're running out of time. How can people, so you named, what, three books here. Will you remind our listeners about the names of the books, where people can find them, your website, how people can work with you. I don't know if you do, you're a therapist still, right? So you work with people, if you do it online, et cetera, in person.
2: Yeah. So I do um, couples intensives, which are workshops just for a couple. And then I do uh, retreats for couples, which are in usually like nice destination places. And then I also see couples online. So Skype or phone. So you can get in touch with me at DrTammyNelson.com, DrTammyNelson.com. You can also find my books at my website or on Amazon. There's a book, Getting the Sex You Want, or The New Monogamy, or my new one, When You're the One Who Cheats. And if your listeners email me or go through my website and tell me that they heard me on this podcast, I'll send them a free ebook.
1: Take advantage of that, everyone. So it is on your website. So that's Dr. Nelson.com. You get free stuff. Go, go get on there.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I, I've read Sex at Dawn before. And um, Esther Perel, a lot of her stuff is amazing too. And I think that um, just speaking with you today was so enlightening. You have such great info, Dr. Tammy Nelson. I really appreciate you taking the time and spending it with us shameless sex peeps over here and my and my pooch who's been sleeping the whole time.
2: <laughs> Thanks. You guys are great. You're fabulous. And I'll, I'm will happy to send you and all your listeners like an ebook on like how to talk about your monogamy, like questions for your new monogamy agreement.
0: Ooh, that would be wonderful. I would love that. Amy's newly single, so.
2: <gasps> Ooh. This, this is the time to do that. Oh, yeah. You, know, you can like, you know, bring it to your first date and say, okay, let's answer these questions.
1: Oh, my, my first dates are getting a lot. I'm like, Oh, I'm, I'm bringing all of my high maintenance. I'm like, here's all my stuff. If you're interested, we can talk, but this is, these are the deal breakers. Right?
0: Initial
2: here, yeah. sign this. And then
0: can you sick me on them too? After yeah. that, and then you got to go get
1: approved by April and then you gotta get approved by Dr. Tammy. And then we yeah.
2: <laughs> give a blood sample. And, all yeah. a tube. and then I, now
1: all of a sudden I'm 80 and alone.
2: So <laughs> <laughs>
1: now I'm, now I'm into, but yeah no I love it this is a great time I am in that place of um rewriting my personal contract for myself and you know whomever it is that I start dating or get in relationships with that will be an entirely different contract than it ever has been
2: what a fun time time.
0: I want to hang out with you more often. Tammy, you are so fun. Thanks again. Too. <laughs> and before we say goodbye completely, I want to just, uh, tell our listeners one last thing, check out margins wine. She's got a bunch of new releases, Megan bell. If You don't know why we love it so much. You can go to MarginsWine.com and check it out. Just sign up for her newsletter. Cause she does a lot of really quick, beautiful releases, small boutique wine. You're going to love it. And, um, Thank you to our listeners for tuning in every Tuesday. We love you. Be good of us. Five stars on iTunes. You get a free ebook from Tammy Nelson. <laughs>
1: Excellent. You <laughs> still got to go to her website to get
2: that. But yeah. yeah, you do. Both though. I'm just
0: bribing people now for iTunes
2: five star reviews. <laughs> That's okay. Totally, totally agree. I should definitely do that.
0: All right, y'all. We'll see you next Tuesday. Ciao for now. Don't forget to head on over to our
1: website at shamelesssex.com for more. And for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use coupon code SHAMELESSPP in all caps at purepleasureshop.com.